Lord, would you lift those hands to the Lord tonight? How many know God can do it tonight? I want you to turn, I want you to turn around and tell somebody he can do it for you. Come on. He can do it for your family member. Praise God. And I just believe he's going to do it for you, and he's going to do it for you. Do we have any believers in the house tonight? All right. Come on, release the praise in the house tonight. Let everything that has breath. Come on, come on. Praise ye the Lord. Hallelujah. Woo. My God. Glory to God. We honor the presence of the Lord tonight. Amen. Man, I, I sense a spirit of expectancy in this house. I sense that somebody's faith is lifted tonight, and I believe God's going to work a miracle for somebody in this house. Praise God. How many standing in for your loved ones and believing God, amen, for miracles for your sons and your daughters and your grandchildren? Come on, somebody. Praise God. I'm just believing. I see God doing something supernatural in somebody's life, even on tonight. Amen. And we give him glory for that. Thank you, praise team. Wow, y'all are right in the vein tonight. Amen. It's good to be in the house of the Lord. We honor this man of God and his wife and his staff. And to all of you, praise God. You've been in a great service. I can tell the, the anointing's charged in this house tonight. And uh, how many is expecting God to do something supernatural? Amen. I, I, I'm just trying to find my preaching crowd. Come on, somebody. Because whoever put a demand on the anointing, that's the direction that I'm going in tonight. Amen. Praise God. Come on, come on. Let's go to the word of the Lord tonight. I want to stay in this atmosphere. Thank you, Lord, that's conducive for deliverance and miracles and breakthrough tonight. It's good to be back. Amen. In uh, uh, Woodward, Woodward uh, Oklahoma. Amen. Lord, this is the longest state I've ever driven in my life. Woo, Lord, it's been, a, it's been a beautiful day. And uh, I, I left a TV set this morning doing two TV shows, and I kept watching my watch, and I left in the middle of a show, or maybe, maybe at the end. And when I asked Pastor, I said, I'm thinking maybe I'm about four hours away, maybe four. And I was in Branson, and uh, he says, yeah, yes, amen. And, and I said, uh, how far am I? He says, oh, bro, you got about six and a half hours. I said, wait a minute, what did you say? So I'm like, I got to go right now. And uh, I hope we don't have any law enforcement in here tonight. But I just won't even tell you what I did. But thank God for the angels. Come on, somebody. Praise God. <laughs> Woo! It's been a it's been a ride today, amen. But uh, I tell you, we've had a wonderful time, and um, I've heard you've had uh, great services throughout this week. And uh, how long has this been since was uh, was it last year or year before? Is it, has it been a year? Wow, man, time moves fast. And uh, I remember this place. People say, "Where are you going?" I said, "I don't know, but it's it's deep in Oklahoma." <laughs> I said, it's mm, kissing Texas. Come on, somebody. My God. God had to send you here, man. Come on. Praise the Lord. I saw two houses in uh, six hours. Come on. <laughs> and a lot of cows and, oh, Jesus. 
But God is here. <laughs> Praise God. There is a word from the Lord tonight. I want to challenge you. And uh, I just want to say this very quickly. Uh, to the gospel according to Luke, chapter 5 is where we're going to tag our text tonight. Sound man, thank you for helping me. Just give me just a little monitor. I promise you I won't blow you out tonight. But just help me. Amen. I've been preaching just about every night of the week in the last three months. So, amen. I, I tell you. But I told the devil, if I have to write it down and pass it out tonight, y'all getting it. Come on, somebody. <laughs> I mean that. Amen. And why don't you praise God for the angel of this house, he and his wife. Y'all have one of the greatest young preachers that God's raising up. I'm telling you. This man's got a revelation. Can you say amen? And uh, Pastor Brad, we don't take this assignment lightly. We honor you and your wife and your staff. Uh, and you all are blessed. Listen to me. I don't say this to stroke nobody's ego. It is what it is. You all are blessed to have this man in your city because he can be anywhere else. You know, sometimes you got to let people know that because they think, you know, yeah, you know what I'm talking about. I don't, I don't feel that spirit here, but some places, you know, it's like you better be glad we have you here. But if you really knew, amen, how many people are reaching for the oil that's on this man's head. Uh, and I know, you, I know you love him, but really let him know, amen, that you appreciate them as pastors. And next month is Pastors Appreciation Month. So there shouldn't be a Sunday go by without you all doing something and showing them how much you appreciate them. How many know good leadership is hard to find? Come on, somebody. I didn't say good preachers. You can find good preachers, but it's hard to find good leadership. And when you find good leadership, listen, good leadership is a gift from God to you. So you celebrate the gift that God has put in your midst. Amen? Amen. Because sometimes you don't appreciate, amen, good things until they leave your life. Hello, come on now. And uh, husbands should never take their wives for granted. Amen. If you got a good wife, let the woman know how much you appreciate her. Wives, don't ever take your husbands for granted. Come on. Boy, got quiet right there. <clears throat> okay, I look like I got to do a little work here tonight. Come on. I thought I was going to jump on a wave and ride, ride a wave, but look like I just... Hit a rough spot in the road right there. Amen. But we need to let one another know how much we love them while they're here. Because when they're gone, how many know it's too late? All right. I just need a little classroom participation. I need you to turn to your neighbor and say, neighbor, if you have anything good to say about me, I want to hear it now. All right. All right. Don't stop. Now, one more time. Say, neighbor. If you have anything good to give me, don't wait for a rainy day. I want it now. Oh, come on. Tell them how much you love them and amen and how much you appreciate them now. Come on, somebody, because I'm telling you, when our eyes close for the last time, amen, they can't hear, amen, all the cries and all the uh, I love you and I miss you. So let them know how much you appreciate them now. Amen. The gospel according to St. Luke tonight, and I heard this in my spirit, amen, in coming, and uh, we're seeing revival across the country. A few weeks ago, I was in four or five states in, in almost five days, 
and uh, uh, Ohio. We was in Ohio, and then we were in uh, Kentucky, Tennessee, Missouri, Arkansas. And one of the, the great things that was happening there, uh, I saw a spark of hunger. And man, I'm telling you, there, there is uh, uh, an end time revival. There's an awakening in the body of Christ. Come on. All the churches are not drying up and dying. The devil is a liar. Come on. Some are still blowing and going. And you better praise God that you all got some life here. And look at all these young folk here. Come on. Let's give it up for my young people. Come on. Amen. I thank God for our youth, and they're on fire for God. Amen. So we thank God for them. Tonight, I want to challenge you. I want to challenge you. Do you have any other nights? This is this not the end, is it? So I can tie a bow on it, and I can hit and run? Oh, praise the Lord. Amen. So, so I, I want to challenge you because I really believe that the word that the Lord put in the fabric of my spirit to share with you tonight is going to challenge this church, but it's going to move you to another dimension. How many is ready to go to another dimension? Now listen, I believe you've come a long ways, but let me tell you something. You have not even cracked the surface of what God's getting ready to do, not just in this church, but in this community. Come on, somebody. Praise God. Amen. How many believe that tonight? And so that's going to require some change, okay? Now, we preach about change, we teach about change, but sometimes we fight the very thing that causes change. Ooh. I'm just trying to feel my way through here tonight, okay? Amen. And I'm going to find out who wants to change tonight. <laughs> and I'm going to find out who doesn't. Praise God. Luke chapter 5, and let's start reading at verse 27. When you have it, shout amen, or just look on the screen. Now, back home, he said, I can act like I'm at home. We stand for the reading of God's word. Is that all right? Praise God. Amen. Luke 5, 27. And after these things, he went forth, and he saw a publican named Levi sitting in the receipt of customs. Praise God. And he said unto him, Follow me. And he left all, rose up, and he followed him. Levi made him a great feast in his own house, and there was a great company of publicans and others that sat down with them. But their scribes and their Pharisees murmured against his disciples, saying, Why do ye eat and drink? with publicans and sinners. And Jesus answered and said unto them, they that are whole, they, they, they don't need a physician, but they that are sick. How many know that that still applies today? I came not to call the righteous, but the sinners to repentance. And then verse 33 is where we're going to tag our text uh, in this, uh, in this uh, scripture. And they said unto him, why do the disciples of John fast often and, and they make prayers and likewise the disciples of the Pharisees, but thine eat and they drink. And he said unto them, can ye make children of the bridegroom fast while the bridegroom is with them? But the days will come when the bridegroom shall be taken away from them and then they shall fast in those days. And then he spake a parable unto them. No man put it, amen, a piece of new garment upon an old, amen, otherwise both, amen, the new make it rent and the piece that was taken out of the new garment not with the old. And no man put it new wine into old wine bottles or old wine skins, else the new wine will burst the bottle and be spilled, and the bottle shall perish. But new wine must be put into new wine or, or new bottles or new wine skins, and both are preserved. No man having drunk 
old wine straightway desire new because he said the old is better. I want to preach tonight, position yourself for the new. And look at somebody and tell them, say yes to the stretch. Let's pray. Father, I thank you tonight that you called me way down here in Oklahoma to deliver a word to the people of God. And I pray that you'll anoint these lips of clay as we break the bread of life tonight. Let fresh manna fall from heaven. And I pray that you'll anoint the ears of those that are listening tonight, oh God, and that they'll open their hearts to hear, not what Bishop Webb is saying, but to hear what the Spirit is saying to the church. Now, not let one of us leave this house tonight the way we came, in Jesus' name. And everybody said amen. On your way down, tell three people that you didn't ride to church with, position yourself for the new. Tell them, position for the new. Praise God. Amen. Now, you don't need me to tell you. All of us can attest to the fact that God is moving all of us into what? A season called adjustment. Come on now. Amen. And if I've ever seen a time of transition, I promise you, amen, in the 30 plus years of ministry, I've never seen a time of transition like what we're experiencing right now. It's a new day. Come on. And, and, and those people that's still sitting back waiting on, amen, things to become normal again, I hate to be the one to tell you, you better find a new norm. Come on because it's not going to be the way it used to be. Somebody asked me uh, in Arkansas a few months ago, they said, Bishop Webb, uh, does, does a Christian life or walking with God ever get easier? Amen. As we walk with God, is there always attacks? Is there always trouble? Will there be a time where things become easier? I said, no, no, we just get stronger. Come on, somebody. Praise God. And so here's what you got to understand. When you're in a season of adjustment and when you're in a time, amen, ladies and gentlemen, of transition, you got to be very careful because, number one, transition can be challenging. Number two, it can be scary. Come on, somebody. Amen. It can be fearful. And if we'll be honest, amen, when you start going in a direction that you've never gone before, amen, it's like God locks you out of your past, but you find yourself feeling in your future. Anybody know what I'm talking about? about. So ladies and gentlemen, brothers and sisters, amen, uh, there are so many examples in Old Testament, New Testament as it relates to transition. Now, I was thinking while, while preparing this text, there's no greater example, amen, than Moses, ladies and gentlemen, and then also Joshua. Praise God. Moses represents old order, old systems, old way of doing things. Amen. Joshua represents new order, new systems, and what? New way of doing things. Now, here's the difference. Number one, Moses had what? A cloud by day and a fire by night. Come on, somebody. Praise God. So that was his direction. But under Joshua's administration, no more cloud by day, no more fire by night. So what do you do? We follow the priest that bears the Ark of the Covenant. Why? Why? Because we've never gone this way before. Now stop for just a moment. That's where the fight begins. When a pastor starts moving a ministry in a direction that has never gone before, all of a sudden, hierarchy spirits rise up. Not in Oklahoma, but in Missouri. 
Come on, y'all look serious. You look like you're going to a dentist's office. Come on, somebody. Praise God. So, so we, we talk about change, and sometimes we preach about change, but then we fight the very thing that causes change. Oh, I'm going to come to right where you live. Come on now. And if you don't say amen, I'm going to come sit by you. Y'all better help a brother out tonight. So, so, so Moses had a cloud by a day, fire by night, but Joshua didn't have a cloud. Come on now. They had to follow the priest that bears the Ark of the Covenant. Why? Because he says, we've never gone this way before. I don't know about you, but I've never pastored in a pandemic. Come on, somebody. Amen. I've never seen so many transitions in the lives of people, and not just parishioners, but in the lives of leadership. Come on. Now, one of the things you have to understand to this day, to this day, amen. Now, I, I, didn't, I don't see anyone in here wearing a mask, and, and please don't take this the wrong way because I'm not here, uh, uh, you know, to rush to judgment on anything. But in some cities right now when I, where I go and preach, everybody's masked up. Amen. Uh, you know, I preached all through Arkansas during the pandemic, and, and I, you know, most of the churches there, you know, they, they just didn't wear a lot of masks. Come on. And that's okay. And, and, and it's okay if you did. And then we would leave one place and then go to a major city, and we couldn't even get through the door without them taking your temperatures. Come on now. Amen. Even in St. Louis, I was in St. Louis preaching, and I just left another city, and I walk in, and everybody's masked up. I'm the only one that's not in a mask. And my wife said, are you going to put a mask on? I said, no. <laughs> and so everybody in the pulpit, I mean, I'm, I'm the only one sitting up there. Everybody else looked like Tonto and Long Ranger. Come on. But I'm sitting there, and they're like, aren't you afraid? I said, no, because listen, listen, help me out. Amen. You, you, you got to live by the faith that you preach about. Come on, somebody. Now, my God, God have not given us the spirit of fear. Somebody said to me, amen, and, and I had preacher friends, and some are watching right now, and I'm so thankful for them. And they were saying, man, we was watching you live the other night. You didn't have a mask on. You were still laying hands on people. I said, let me tell you something. Amen, if he's God over cancer, then he's God over COVID. Hello. I think I'm in the right house tonight. Now, I'm not going to spend all this time preaching about faith and then not living by the faith that I preach about. Come on, somebody. Amen. Listen. Amen. If he ain't Lord of all, then he ain't Lord at all. So, so, so now here's what happens. Amen. Now, uh, they're in a different season. They're in a different time. Moses now has died. Now Joshua comes on the scene and he's taking the people where they've never gone before. And one of the worst things that can happen is when you start comparing one leader with another. Paul says it like this, and I didn't bring my material tonight, but one of the first book that I had written on leadership, uh, it talks about the danger of comparing. Because once you start comparing yourself and your giftings with other people, a spirit of pride is birthed in you. Sometimes you walk around with an arrogant spirit thinking that you're better than somebody else. Because at the end of the day, amen, I don't care what title you have, and that's the problem. We've taken the gifts of God and turned them into titles. And once you start titling people, then they get arrogant, cocky, and conceited. 
but we ain't nothing but a gift. Come on, somebody. Woo. So, different administrations, and I'm going to show you for just a moment because when Moses, amen, was leading the children of Israel, amen, I mean, God sustained them in the wilderness for 40 years. Think about this. Ladies and gentlemen, the Bible says that their shoes did not wear out. Bad luck for the women. <clears throat> I didn't get no help right there. That did not go over well. <laughs> Come on now. I can imagine you sisters, amen, wearing the same pair of shoes, not even 40 days. Come on, somebody. But for 40 years. And then the scripture says, and their raiment did not wax old. They wore the same clothes. Come on. Amen. Now, I want y'all to see it. It's supernatural because as their body grew, ladies and gentlemen, their clothes grew. Woo, good God. That's enough to preach on right there. And as their feet began to extend, guess what? Amen. God made the shoe stretch also. Supernatural. Amen. In the wilderness, ladies and gentlemen, God fought for them under Moses' administration. But under Joshua's administration, God didn't fight for them. God fought with them. You see the transition there. Come on. And so here's what happens. Amen. The church have been stuck in religion. Amen. Now, I see the, the moving of the Spirit, and I see, amen, the freedom of the Holy Ghost. Amen. I'm watching your praise team flow, amen, in a, in a prophetic vein tonight. Come on. Amen. And I'm watching these young people reach up to God and, and praise God. But, but you know what? Amen. That's a beautiful picture, and that's a wonderful thing. But there's still one or two spirits. And say, I don't think it takes all of that. And I just got a few minutes and I'm going to find you before I leave here. Now, this young preacher is just a little too wild for me. <laughs> but you ain't seen nothing yet. <laughs> Woo! And I do understand when you're implementing change, you can't do it all in one day and one night. Come on. Sometimes it takes, amen, it takes a long time. Big ships, amen, move slowly. Come on, somebody. And, and it, takes, it takes time and seasons. But here's the thing that you don't want to miss. You don't want to miss your time. And neither do you want to miss your season. Because to everything, there is a season and a time and a purpose under the heavens. Come on, somebody. God works in seasons, amen. And so if you're stuck in a season over here and God is moving over there, come on, somebody. So here's the problem. We end up trying to put God in a box. But I come to make an announcement tonight. There ain't a box big enough to hold God. Can I get a witness here? And by the moment or the time that you build a box, got to step out of that box because he's God. Can you say amen? And ladies and gentlemen, brothers and sisters, the Lord sent me to Oklahoma tonight to tell you, get ready for the shift because he's about to take you from where you are to where he desires for you to be. How many's ready to go tonight? Woo! So now, Amen. Transition can be scary. It can be challenging. Come on now. Amen. But it can be uncomfortable because we like it the way we like it. Amen. And we don't want anybody to interrupt our comfort zone. 
But the Bible says, it talks about, and how the eagle, Deuteronomy tongue, and how the eagle, what? Stareth up her nest, flutters over her youngs. Because when the young eaglets will not fly, then the mother eagle, you know the story, will take them out of the nest, praise God, and drop them on purpose. Amen. After a while, they get the picture, fly or die. But we don't like change. We like to keep it the way that it is. Praise God. But I want to challenge you tonight because God has a Rehoboth for you. The word Rehoboth means enlarge or roomy place. He has a larger place for you. And where you are isn't where you're always going to be. I, I'm thankful. I'm thankful. I'm thankful, amen, that God has allowed me and I'm humbled at the same time to connect with some of the greatest mantles in America. Come on, somebody. And when I when I approach them and when I'm around them, amen, whether it's male or female, I'm quiet because most of them have forgotten, amen, more than what I know. Come on, somebody. Praise God. And so now I, I have the opportunity to draw from another well. And if you're the biggest frog in your pond, you're in the wrong pond. You need to always, come on somebody, connect with somebody, amen, that's going in the direction that you want to go or they're already in the place that you desire to be. Come on, praise God. Stay with people that's going to challenge you. Can I say that again? Always connect with people that's going to challenge you and make you better. Praise God. Amen. You'll end up being better. I can look back now in retrospect and come from an athletic family, and I can always remember that, amen, the underclassmen would always play, amen, with the older guys. Come on. And after a while, they're kicking you all around and pushing you around, but then after a while, you're able to stand on your own two feet. Can you say amen? But it's a part of it. Some of you are understanding right now. So God is saying tonight, I want to move this ministry to another level. I have not spoken with your pastor only to get directions again to this place. Come on. We have not had conversation about this church and about this ministry and what's happening here. I would have loved to have had that conversation, but time did not afford us that opportunity. So now I can come here, amen, with an open mind to hear from God and say, God, what are you saying? for? I didn't just come here to preach a sermon. I come here to give you a charge. Can you say amen? Because the Lord says there are some people that have peaked to where they are, but I'm getting ready to launch them to a whole nother dimension. And matter of fact, he told me to tell you that your ceiling will be your launching pad after tonight. Woo. Here it is. Amen. Position. Say it with me. Position yourself for the new. Amen. I don't know about you, but aren't you tired of dead religion? Huh? Aren't you tired of dead, dormant religion that doesn't satisfy? Amen. Isaiah 43 says what? Behold, I will do a new thing. Hold me right there, sound man, please. Hold me right there, and we'll be best friends. Praise God. I don't know about you, but I'm tired, amen, of, of, of eating or feeding from the ashes of yesterday. I want fresh fire and fresh wind and fresh anointing. I feel the Holy Ghost in here. And God says, tell them I want to do a new thing for them. Come on somebody and I want to know tonight how many's ready for the shift in this church 
Woo! Hallelujah. So now, amen, God has to stretch us. And when God begins to stretch us, amen, it becomes very uncomfortable. Some of you are in an uncomfortable season. It's because you've outgrown the place that you're in. Come on now. And you need to understand. Praise God. Amen. Just because you have faith, that doesn't make it easier. Faith just makes it possible. Come on now. Faith don't take you out of the storm, but faith helps you to endure the storm. Stay with me now. Faith, come on now, don't take away the pain, but faith helps you to endure whatever comes your way. I think I'm preaching in the right church tonight. And, and you got to hear God in every season when you're in a time of trans transition. Notice this. Notice this. Jesus constrains the disciples to get into the ship and do what? Go to the other side. Okay? The word constrain is a word of command. He commands them to get into the ship to go to the other side. Praise God. While they were headed to the other side, the Bible said they run into a storm. Let me have somebody in here right now. Just because you've got Jesus with you don't mean you won't have no storms. Okay? That's the first point. Amen. Now, he constrains them to get in the ship, praise God, to go to the other side. Now, this is interesting because, amen, but the, then Peter steps out of the ship. You, you got one that, that has faith to get in the ship, and then you got another one that has faith to step out of the ship. And so every season is going to require something new in your life, and that's why you can't expect God to move the same way all the time. Well, we're not used to this. Well, you better get used to the new thing. Can you say amen? And I know a lot of people say, I'm tired of all these changes in the church. Thank you. Get ready. Because you've only just begun. Here we were. Amen. When the pandemic hit and when we hear pre-pandemic, I don't, I don't remember. So, so it had taken place, and, but I hadn't come. Okay, I was here before, right? Okay, Pastor, you don't even know. Come on, somebody. <laughs> now I done got the man of God confused. We know we're in trouble now. Uh, but, but here's the thing. Uh, it, it, everything was different. And I'm just giving you case in point. Back home, we prepare over 300, sometimes 350 meals uh, a Sunday. And uh, I'm not talking about potluck dinner. I'm talking about full course meals that we serve the people, not just in our church, but in our community that comes every Sunday. We've been doing it for over 17 years. When the pandemic hit, uh, the staff came to me and says, well, Bishop, now that everything's closing up, we're outside having service, um, uh, would it be wise to close the cafeteria and then we're not serving anymore and and I said well yeah if that's what we need to do and then quickly the Holy Spirit quickened me and say no if the restaurants can give it to go you all can prepare to go come on somebody 
it was totally new for us. We had never done it that way before. And then finally, we connected with another entity that was giving away food. And then you go back and watch some of our old lives. Our, our parking lot looked like Grand Central Station. We were distributing fresh uh, fruit and veggies all over. Amen. I, I think seven different states people were coming. But out of that, amen, we received one of the greatest financial blessings that we ever had, amen, in the, in the history of our ministry. Now, this is where I'm going. We've never done this before. It was different. It was challenging. Come on, somebody. But you know what? We had two projects on hold waiting on the pandemic to pass over. We needed to build two more restoration centers. And let me tell you, in the middle of a pandemic, come on, somebody. Amen. We ended up building two, amen, uh, two drug rehab centers. That was $1.1 million. Don't miss this. And today, we don't owe one dime on it because God supplied the need. God, I feel it in here. Now, if you're going to wait around, amen, until, amen, everything's comfortable before you decide to do anything, your church will never do anything. Every now and then, you got to stand up in the face of adversity and say, if God be for us, then who can be against us? Come on, you can't preach all this faith and then not believe God for miracles. It was new. It was different. But you know what? We followed God. Amen. I wish I could stand here and tell you, oh, I, I, I knew what was going to happen all along. That's not true. But we felt like we heard God and we moved in the direction of God. And let me tell you something. God came through for us. Ladies and gentlemen, brothers and sisters, as I rush to the text tonight, amen, please understand, amen, God honors faith. Come on now. And if you're not careful, your religion and your rituals and your routine can stop the flow of God. Oh, now, I preached on the flow the last time I was here, I think. I think I did. Okay. But listen, here's what happens. How can you stop the flow of God? They asked Jesus a question. Why is it that you didn't do very many miracles in Nazareth? You know what he said? Not because I didn't have the power, but the people did not believe. Come on now. But notice, after that, Mark gives the account of that story. But the Bible says after he left his hometown, he went into the villages into different cities or different towns and the Bible says blind eyes were open the lame begin to walk the dumb begin to talk you know why because they put a demand on the anointing not that he couldn't have done it amen in Nazareth but because the people amen they limited him and because of that even though he had the power they were not recipients of the miracles and the blessings that he had to give them because Amen. They were not willing to change. I thought about this, Pastor. Jesus could have, have, he could have been more effective in Nineveh than Nazareth. Let that resonate in your spirit. Why would you say that, Bishop? Because in Nineveh, come on, at least they repented 
Come on, somebody. Of their idol oh, and their idolatry. Come on. But, but in Nazareth, amen, they were clinging to religion. And that's why churches are not growing. That's why there's church fights all the time. You know why? Because people are too busy. There's so much infighting in churches, amen, across America. And you would have thought after the pandemic, people would be nice. They've gotten meaner. Hello. Domestic violence have, is at an all-time high now. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Praise God. People are having emotional problems and mental illnesses as a result of what's happening around us. Amen? Let me get to the text because y'all can't handle too much more. Come on. But listen to me. Jesus could have been more effective in Nineveh than Nazareth, his, home, his own hometown. Because in Nineveh, at least they repented of idolatry. And so now God is saying in this new level, we got to stop trying to recycle who God says replace. I'm talking about change now. Come on now. Are you hearing what I'm saying? And we got to take God out of the box because the box is too small and it will never be able to contain what God wants to do. Look at your neighbor one more time. Amen. And tell him, position yourself for the new. Now that we've come into a transition, a season of transition where things are risky and uncomfortable and difficult and even frustrating at times. You know why? Because we've never been here. Amen. But I hear the spirit of the Lord say, say yes to the stretch. Come on, say it with me. Say yes to the stretch. Praise God. Why do we stretch? The word stretch means to expand. It means to spread out. It means to extend, lengthen. Come on. It means to make a demand on one's capacity. Come on. It, it means to maximize the use of something. Amen. Well, you may ask the question, why is it that God wants us to stretch? I'm glad you asked me. Because God wants to extend your reach. And you can never extend your reach by staying where you are. And God sent me here tonight to push you into the next, amen, assignment in this church because he wants to extend your reach, amen, beyond the walls of this church. Come on, baby, you got a city to come. Amen, you got a city to win. You got sons and daughters that need to come into the kingdom. I want to know who's in this house tonight is ready to say yes to the stretch. Do me a favor and stand on your feet, and I want you to stretch. Now, don't slap nobody. Come on. Come on, stretch. Stretch. That's it. Some of you feel better. Come on. Now, turn to your neighbor and tell them that's what God wants to do. Look on the other side and tell them that's what God wants to do. Praise God. Stretch. Pastor, here's what's going to happen. You can be seated. Amen. I'm getting ready to close because I'm going to pray for some people tonight. God says, tell them tonight. Number one, I'm going to stretch your vision. How many is ready for that? I'm going to stretch your faith. Amen. Listen, I've discovered that some blessings only come through the stretch. Some anointings are only issued in the stretch. Some revelations only comes in the stretch. And don't miss this. Some miracles only happen in the stretch. How many is ready for the stretch tonight?
Oh, yes. Amen. That's what Jabez says. What? Enlarge my territory. Stretch me out. Come on, somebody. Amen. And I believe there's a spirit of Jabez in this church because God's getting ready to enlarge your capacity. You're bigger than where you are. You've outgrown the space that you're in. Come on, somebody. God has something more for you. Give him a praise in the house. Listen. Listen to what he says to Abraham. Abraham, amen, is connected to his nephew Lot. And how many know Lot got him in a lot of trouble? Amen. If you're not careful, the people you're connected to sometimes can get you in a lot of trouble. And so now the scripture says after Abraham and Lot separated, listen to this, God starts speaking to Abraham and says, Abraham, come out of the tent. Think about this. Come out and look up. Now I want you to count the stars that's in the sky. And look at the grains of the sand. And I want you to count. Well, they're innumerable. There's no way I can do that. And he says, so shall thy seed be. Every now and then, God will give you not just a promise, but he'll give you a picture of the promise that's about to manifest. Come on, somebody. Some of you in here have already gotten a promise from God, but God's about to give you a sneak preview of a coming attraction. You're about to get a glimpse of where you're going. That's why some of us can't sit still and fold our arms and act like we don't know what God is doing. Some of us are excited because we know, amen, that God's about to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that works in you Abraham come out come out because here's the thing a tent has a ceiling it has a top but the moment you step out of the tent then all of a sudden everything's wide open the Lord says some of you don't have a problem. You have a perspective issue. What you think is a problem isn't really a problem. It's your perspective. And sometimes our perspective is too small. But after tonight, God's going to enlarge your capacity. And you're going to start believing God for things. Amen. In fact, you're going to start believing God for the impossible. We stood in our sanctuary. Amen. And ladies and gentlemen, brothers and sisters, with interest in all. Amen. It was probably over $5 million. But it, it wasn't even six months ago. We started decreeing and declaring. Amen. That this year, amen, we're going to be debt free in our sanctuary. We still owe, amen, over $1.3 million. Come on, somebody. But how many know that's just a number in the sight of God? I didn't know how God was going to do it. I didn't know when he was going to do it. But I had an inner knowing, amen, that it was about to come to pass. So on Sundays, we just start praising God, amen, for debt free. Come on, amen, debt cancellation. And ladies and gentlemen, amen, brothers and sisters, not even a month ago, amen, the debt now is totally wiped out by the power of God. I'm saying this to you not to brag. I'm telling you, amen, what God's getting ready to do for you next. Can you say amen? So now, now, pastor, we're building an orphanage for children. To God be the glory.
One of my staff members said, why in the world would you go back and get in a million dollar worth of debt after we've just prayed for debt free? Yeah, that's what I wanted to say. The spirit of cuss came on me, but not in me. Don't get it confused. It came on me. Now, don't y'all look at me like Alice in Wonderland. Some of y'all cursed all the way to church tonight. Come on, somebody. Don't make me come sit by you. He said, man, we hadn't even taken a deep breath before you started building again. But what the devil don't realize is now my faith level has gone up because God has stretched my faith. And I'm saying now, if God did it then, he can do it right now. How many is believing God to do the supernatural? Okay, all right. Now, amen, if you believe God's going to do it, I want you to release a praise for the next 20 seconds, and I want you to act like it's already done. I can't hear you. I can't hear you. Clap your hands and praise God and praise Him like it's already done. Somebody give Him a praise in this house. Come on, shout, it's already done. Woo! Pastor, I don't know if this ministry is it debt free, is it? Praise God. So what are you doing next? Did y'all hear that? Say it again. He said big things. So he can't be speaking big things while you're still on the little bitty committee. We need to all speak as a voice of one man. And they said, what are you doing there? Amen. At the assembly. We're doing big things. We serve a big God that's able to do big things. Can you say amen? All right, be seated. Be seated. Y'all messing with my message. Sit down, please. Give me five more preaching minutes and I'll get out of your way. So now, that was just the introduction. <laughs> Don't get scared. We'll be out before 12, okay? Okay. Give me about five, seven more minutes. Preaching minutes. Don't get nervous. Hey, man. Look what has happened. Now, what Jesus was doing, he was introducing a new order. Now, I've heard most prophets and, and even preachers say that the book or Malachi was the last Old Testament prophet. That's not true. It's the last book of the Bible. But John was the last Old Testament prophet with a New Testament revelation. 
It was John that says, I must decrease while he must increase. Come on. Amen. The one that's coming, I'm not even worthy enough to bow down and latch up his shoes. John knew his assignment. Praise God. And you need to understand, ladies and gentlemen, John stood in two worlds at one time. Old Testament, New Testament. But he was introducing Jesus that was coming on the scene. And now that Jesus is coming on the scene, now, ladies and gentlemen, he's representing a new order. So the story begins. He's at Levi's house. And you know Levi, Matthew, he's the tax collector. And in those days, nobody liked the, the tax collector. And I don't think they like him today either. I hope he don't attend your church. Or she. Here's the thing. He goes to Levi's house. And the Bible says he's surrounded with publicans and sinners. And Jesus is eating with them. Okay? But here comes the scribes and the Pharisees. And that's the spirit I'm after tonight that's in this church. Amen? There's still one or two scribes and Pharisees. And if I preach long enough, I'll find you. So here's what happens. Jesus is sitting there, and then the religious people starts to whisper, Hey, is that, is that y'all's pastor over there sitting with the publicans and sinners? Okay? Jesus perceived what they were saying. And I love Jesus because he always kept a loaded gun. He always had a comeback. Amen. You could never push him in the corner. He says, shut the mouth of the gainsayer. Come on, somebody. And so Jesus says, oh, I heard what you said and I perceive what you're saying. He says, number one, he says, the well people don't need a doctor. I've never known anyone to go in the doctor's office and the doctor said, how are you doing? Oh, great. Wonderful. How are you feeling? Excellent. Why are you here? Sick people go to the doctor. So Jesus says the well people need no physician, but it's the sick people that needs the doctor. Okay? He shut them up, and he, but he didn't shut them down. Okay? Or shall I say he shut them down, but he didn't shut them up. Because they start talking again. Then they says, I'm coming to a close. Um, why is it? That John's disciples fast, and then the Pharisees, their disciples fast. But Jesus, your disciples, they eat all the time. Sounds like a Pentecostal church. <laughs> that was my church they was talking about. in Because <laughs> we have food, fun, and fellowship. Come on. After every service. Hello. And so, so Jesus, once again, he's got to come back. He says, he says, why should my disciples fast, amen, waiting on the bridegroom when the bridegroom is standing right before them? For the time will come when the bridegroom shall be taken away and then they shall fast. But they don't have to fast for me to come when I'm standing here looking at them. Come on, somebody. 
Amen. And then he spins off of that and says, no man takes a new piece of garment and attaches it to the old or you will lose the integrity of the new. Come on, somebody. Then he didn't stop there. Then he says, and no man takes new wine and pours it into old bottles or old wine skins because, number one, you'll lose the wine and number two, you'll break the bottle. Wow. Now, I'll submit to you uh, tonight that I've been preaching from this text 20 plus years, but my focus have always been on the new wine. Oh, the church needs the new wine, the Holy Ghost, the power of God, and all of that is good preaching, and that's okay, amen, when you're trying to exegete this particular text. But then the Holy Spirit spoke to me and says, this text is not about new wine. What? But Lord, the scripture says, no, 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 no. Read it again. It's about wine skins. And I want to know who's got skin in the game tonight. Here's what he said. Amen. Now, excuse me, but I'm not going to waste my wine on religion Woo. he says if you want new wine you gotta prepare me a new wine skin cause I refuse to pour new revelation and fresh revelation into an old container of religion can you say amen now don't you ask God for the new if you're not willing to change but how many is ready for the new wine tonight God says I tell you what amen I don't have any problem giving you the wine if you'll prepare me a wine skin I'll give you all that you can ever handle can you say amen and he told me to tell the church tonight he's looking for new wine skins so he can pour his presence into you can you say amen here it is and I'm done I'm done he says keyboard player would you come and play softly amen listen to me listen to me he says I'm not going to waste my wine. I'm not going to waste my wine on you if you've got an old mean attitude. Hello. And you're still short with people and you're short feud and, and you go off on everybody. He says, no. I, neither will I pour my new wine into a church that refused to change. It had nothing to do with wine. It had to do with the wine skin. Hallelujah. And he says, if you'll prepare me a wine skin, and I'll fill, I'll fill it to the top. Because no man takes new wine and pour it into old wine skins. Now listen to this. Notice what he said. He says, if I put my new wine and the old wineskin, he said, it will burst because of what? The fermentation of the new. The old can't handle it. And you can't ask God for a change and then fight the very thing that causes change. Come on now. 
You can't ask God for leadership and then not trust the leader that he puts in your midst. Oh, it's quiet in here. If the man's got a vision, if the woman's got a vision, let them operate in that vision. Amen. Don't smother them. Because you're missing what God can do through them if you don't allow them to have freedom and to move and access in the things of God. Are you hearing what I'm saying? I do understand that we got wild renegades out there, you know, that's unnamed, untamed, and untrained. The Bible calls them bastards. You know why? They're illegitimate children. They've never been fathered. What does that mean? They've never had a spiritual covering. And you can't preach about authority if you're not under authority. You can't preach submission if you never submitted to anyone. Because God never put you over what's under you until you first come under what's over you. Come on, somebody. He says, if I pour new wine into an old bottle, not only will the bottle burst, but I'll lose the wine. And I heard people said, oh, they quote Isaiah 43. Oh, behold, I'll do a new thing. And God says, I want to do a new thing. But you got to prepare me a new vessel so I can pour myself into you. Amen. Now listen to me because I'm giving the altar call now. He's not going to pour new wine into vessels that won't forgive. He's not going to put his new wine into vessels that won't let go of the past. There are some people in this room tonight, God is saying, I want to pour into you, but you have to prepare me a wine skin. I want to give it to you as bad as you want it, but I can't pour into you right now because your attitude hadn't changed. You still hate the same people you hated three years ago. Oh, it's getting tight back here right now. But if you're willing to let it go, there's a wineskin I can pour into. Amen. When you're willing to forgive people who have hurt you, who walked in your life and then walked out of your life and ripped your heart apart on their way out, but you're saying, God, you can pour into me. Because he's got the wine. But the only problem is he won't waste it. He says, I've never had a problem giving new wine. The problem has been I can't find a wine skin. I want every head bowed right now. Because I, I sense something's getting ready to happen in this church. How many is going to say yes to the stretch tonight? Now listen, let me warn you, it's going to be uncomfortable. It's going to be uneasy. It's going to be scary, fearful. Come on now. And it's going to be at times risky. But it'll be worth it all. And all the Lord is saying tonight, all I want is a wineskin. That's all he wants. Jose, that's all he wants is a wineskin. And there are people in this room tonight, the Lord spoke to me on the way here tonight. He says, 
I'm preparing wineskins in this church and I'm getting ready to pour tonight. Some of you have connected with this message because you're that wineskin where you say, you know what? I'm not going to go another day being the same old person that I used to be. God, if that's what it takes, I'm willing to prepare your wineskin. Now, this altar call tonight, first of all, if you're here and you're not saved, you don't know Jesus, you are the most important person that's in this room. Jesus loves you. He really does. I mean, he, he died for you. And you know what? This is your opportunity to say yes. Maybe you're a backslider and you walked away from God and you're saying tonight, I'm coming home. If there's one, I want you to lift your hands. We're not here to embarrass you. We're here to embrace you. I want to be saved, preacher. I'm tired of riding the fence. I'm ready to give God a yes tonight. If that's you, lift that hand right where you are. Thank you, Jesus. God bless you. I see that hand. Is there another? Is there another? I want to pray for you. God bless you, sir. I see that hand. I'm going to pray for you, too, in just a moment. Praise God. And then there are those that's in this room. You said, you know what? I want the new wine. And while you're crying out for the new wine, God is saying, I want a new wine skin. I'm done preaching. I've delivered my soul. I just want to know who's got skin in the game. And if that's you tonight, and if you're ready for God to pour into you, I want you to get up out of your pew and meet me down at this altar right now. Don't procrastinate. Amen. I see the two hands that was lifted for salvation. Y'all come and stand over here. I'm going to pray for the both of you all. Amen. But pastor, I heard God say this church is ready for the new wine because he's preparing wine skins. All the teaching and preaching that you've been doing, amen, is only preparing them for the new wine that's getting ready to hit this house. Hallelujah. Oh, my God. How many has got an appetite for the new? Praise God. Now, all the gospel writers record this story, but Luke has a different twist. And notice what Luke says. No man... Also, having drunk old wine, straightway desired new. For he's saying, what? The old is better. The only way you can say the old is better is because you never had the new. And that's the problem. Some people say, I like it the way it's always been. Why do we have to change? I think things are going fine the way they are. But you'll never know what else God can do unless you relinquish the old. I want you to lift your hands all over this building. I'm going to speak a word over you tonight. Oh, my God. I, I sense God's presence. You're a wineskin, and he wants to pour into you tonight. You're a wineskin. You're a wineskin, sir. He, oh, shataba. Come on, all over this building. Thank you. Oh, my name. Hey, shataba. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Give me an usher. Amen, pastor. Give me an usher. Come on, church. Just lift your hands. Give us a song, young lady. Give us a song. Come on, lift those hands in worship all over this building. My God, look at the wineskins in this church. Woo! And he's pouring into you right now.